0: Welcome to this episode of Beads Podcast, a weekly reflection on church history with Dr. Michael A. G. Haken. Dr. Haken serves as the chair and professor of church history at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is on the core faculty of Heritage Theological Seminary in Cambridge, Ontario. He's also a Fellow of the Royal Historical Society in recognition of his contributions to historical scholarship. Join us now as we seek to see what God has done in the history of his people.
1: A few days ago, I posted on Facebook that I was thinking of leading a small group reading webinar this summer entitled Reading Andrew Fuller. After an overview of Fuller's life and times, this reading webinar would focus on Fuller's theology and piety through a variety of texts from Fuller's hand. Sermons, circulars that he wrote for the Northamptonshire Association, theological tracts and personal letters. But why take time to do this? Near the beginning of the funeral sermon that John Ryland Jr. preached for Andrew Fuller, his close friend, in 1815, Ryland described Fuller as perhaps the most judicious and able theological writer that ever belonged to our denomination, that is the Calvinistic Baptist or particular Baptist denomination. Although Fuller was Ryland's confidant and closest friend, his judgment is by no means skewed. Joseph Belcher, the editor of the finer edition of Fuller's collected works, believed that his works would go down to posterity, side by side with the immortal works of the elder President Edwards, that is, Jonathan Edwards Sr., while Charles Haddon Spurgeon once described Fuller as the greatest theologian of his century. And in an allusion to his weighty theological influence, the 19th century Welsh author David Phillips described the Baptist pastor theologian as the elephant of Kettering. In fact, while he was still alive, people spoke about Fullerism, namely his theological perspective that was marked by an evangelical Calvinism and a pursuit of the glory of God in revival and missionary outreach, and that was grounded in loving friendships that went beyond the boundaries of his own Baptist denomination. More recently, E.F. Clipsham, an English Baptist historian who has played an important role in the current renaissance of Fuller studies, affirmed that Fuller was unquestionably one of the outstanding evangelical leaders of his day. And renowned British historian David Bevington concurs as he has recently spoken of Fuller's extraordinary importance in the history of theology. When I first came across Fuller's works in the 1980s, I was drawn to Fuller as a reliable mentor for my Christian life. Fuller has shown me that if I wish to be a faithful and useful Christian, I must walk in the spirit. As he put it with Puritan-like pithiness, eminent spirituality is usually attended with eminent usefulness. And Fuller would insist that this spirituality must be Christ-centered. A few years ago, Brinterium Press published my uh, book Ardent Love to Jesus, English Baptists and the Experience of Revival in the Long 18th Century. The title comes from a phrase in one of the writings of Benjamin Francis, a friend of Andrew Fuller's. About a year after this book was published, I was reading a section of Fuller's rebuttal of Joseph Priestley, the high priest or apostle of Socinianism, and I came across Fuller's statement that the whole epistle to the Hebrews breathes an ardent love to Christ. I do wish I would have remembered this passage or known of this passage as I could have cited that statement in my book as further evidence of the Christocentric piety of 18th century Baptists and their churches. This is another reason why I love for and read him and recommend him. His writings are full of an ardent love to our Lord Christ. You would see this in a very short compass. Read his sermon entitled "The Choice of Moses," a sermon that he preached on Hebrews 11:24 to 26. And then another good reason for reading a Fuller is that he was a conduit of Edwardsian theology in the British Isles during the late 18th and early 19th centuries. It's seen in his commitment to the free offer of the gospel, his passion for revival and mission, his emphasis on heart religion, and the priorities of the gospel. Fuller was born in 1754, um, grew up in Soham near uh, Cambridge, in Cambridgeshire, and was converted in a a high Calvinist environment, a hyper-Calvinist environment even as it's sometimes called. Became uh, the pastor of Soham Baptist Church in 1775 when he was just at the very young age of 20. Uh, Began to preach, but because he had only known a high Calvinist environment, uh, preached like a high Calvinist, knew that it was wrong, knew that it hadn't helped him. Began to search the scriptures. Uh, Fuller uh, really is a fabulous model of a biblicistic um, uh, preacher and uh, pastor and theologian. And eventually came to reject high Calvinism in favor of what he called strict Calvinism, or what me might call an evangelical Calvinism. His first major work defending this was called The Gospel Worthy of All Acceptation, published in 1785, in which he argues that belief and faith in Christ is the duty of of those to whom the gospel comes, and ministers of the gospel must make it part of their preaching arsenal, as it were, that they call upon the lost ardently and uh, offer the gospel freely to all and sundry. This apologetic work Against hyper Calvinism or high Calvinism, led to other works in apologetics. Um, he wrote the definitive work, really in many ways, against deism, uh, uh, a work against Sandemanianism, which we'll mention a bit later. Sandemanianism was the really what we would describe today as easy believism. He wrote against antinomianism, Arminianism. He was also a promoter of a global Christianity. In a small little uh, biography of Fuller, uh, John Piper notes this when he says that it is possible that Andrew Fuller's impact on history by the time that Jesus returns will be far greater and different than it is now. And uh, he mentions this because of his global, the global reach of his uh, Christian thought and the fact that Fuller was an ardent promoter of missions and was really the man behind William Carey going to India. In addition to this, he was a loving husband and father. This is seen in a number of ways, uh, really a model in so many ways of a, of a godly family man, a loving pastor. And uh, it's interesting that when uh, William Carey uh, found out about six months after Fuller had died, his first immediate comment was, I loved him. A number of years ago, I was asked by a brother who had purchased Andrew Fuller's works, where and what to begin reading in Andrew Fuller. Uh, this is in the uh, three-volume sprinkle edition, which is probably the easiest way and uh, uh, best way into the works of Fuller today. There is a one-volume edition uh, published by the Banner of Truth which contains most of what those three volumes contain, but it's, 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 it's large, it's very, very big and very bulky and really uh, could not be used uh, uh, outside of the study. What I suggested then um, is what we're going to look at in this uh, uh, reading webinar uh, in uh, June and July of this summer. I suggested first off that he read uh, Fuller's, a number of Fuller's circular letters, and particularly uh, the ones that he uh, published in 1785, entitled Causes of Declension in Religion and Means of Revival, and then one that he published in 1795, Why Christians in the Present Day Possess Less Joy Than the Primitive Disciples, His Practical Uses of Christian Baptism, published in 1802, which is a tremendous study of the meaning of baptism. Baptists have been um, ardent in arguing for believers being baptized, that be baptized by immersion. But what does baptism mean? What does it entail? And then uh, his Promise of the Spirit, the Grand Encouragement in Promoting the Gospel, published in 1810. This is the very first work I ever read of Fuller's back in the 1980s. It's what kind of pulled me into Fuller. I had a keen interest in pneumatology and was um, leafing through uh, some, ver- some books in the uh, library of what was then uh, Central Baptist Seminary on Jonesville uh, Avenue in um, in Toronto and uh, happened to pull down the third volume of uh, Fuller's works uh, which is now the third volume of the Sprinkle edition and opened it at random, and uh, this is what I opened it to, The Promise of the Spirit, The Grand Encouragement in Promoting the Gospel, in which he argues that without the Spirit we can do nothing. And then probably I would suggest uh, reading uh, an Edwardsian-type work in which you see Fuller, the Theologian of Love, and that's his Memoirs of Samuel Pierce, published in 1800, which recounts the life of his close friend Samuel Pierce of Birmingham. In many ways, it is modeled after Jonathan Edwards' life at David Brainerd. In fact, um, Fuller told uh, Samuel Pierce's wife, Sarah, after uh, Samuel's death, that his, he was another Brainerd. Through the medium of Fuller's this book, uh, Pierce's extraordinary passion for Christ, um, Fuller regarded him as a model of evangelical spirituality, led to his being labeled the Seraphic Pierce um, in the 19th century, and his zeal for missions had This is Pierce's zeal for missions, but equally, Fuller's zeal for missions had a powerful impact on his generation and those immediately following in the 19th century. Fuller's ordination sermons are also gems. We'll look at some of these in this kind of reading seminar. Um, I've also published some of these recently through Evangelical Press um, in a book called Being a Pastor. Uh, The qualifications and encouragements of a faithful minister illustrated by the character and success of Barnabas is one of them that we'll look at. Spiritual knowledge and holy love necessary for the gospel ministry is another. And on an intimate and practical acquaintance with the word of God is yet another. And then finally, I would suggest reading, if you want to read a longer work, his rebuttal of Sandemanianism, known as Strictures on Sandemanianism," which was published in 1810. So, Why don't you think about joining us uh, this uh, June and July in this reading webinar. Uh, We'll be meeting twice a week for about an hour and a quarter each time on a Monday evening and a Thursday evening. There is a small cost to cover uh, the the webinar, but uh, I trust it'll be of great profit to our souls, uh, to those we love, and to our ministries. May God bless you as you think about this possibility.
0: Leeds Podcast is in partnership with h and Publishing of a formed and Canadian publishing house seeking to spread the steadfast love and faithfulness of Christ through the publication of Church History, Biblical Spirituality, Christian Living, and Theology. Join us next time as we seek to see what God has done in the history of His people.